1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host Spencer, joined as always by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. Just the two of us, man. Just I know it's uh, uh, I, I, that's as far as I'm gonna go. I'm so sorry. The dancing, the dancing
2: nope. was what y'all missed the most. Yeah, There's a visual. Stuck. I'm So sorry. No, you're. <laughs> no, I had a. It's kind of it's kind of a kind of a strange feeling after Saturday night, being surrounded by so many people, then it's just just yeah. just the two of us talking drink, was, drinking some diet cokes
0: yeah there was five of us around that table it was yeah it's kind of a circus
2: it was but i i didn't know i how- really enjoyed myself because i got to just kind of
0: pass the baton and speaking of passing the enjoy bu- the conversation i didn't know how to direct the conversation i was like uh somebody answer anybody everybody i think i think it was great it was perfect the listeners would agree I would agree that they agree. we hit just just so we can thank everybody. We hit a record number of downloads for the 23 personnel podcast. We crested 500 episodes, 500 downloads for a single episode, which is pretty, unheard of for us. It's pretty us. big for us. Pretty yeah. big for the 23 personnel team. I mean, so 500 is probably like just yeah. a drop in the
2: bucket for most. It's, like, it's it's meager morsels to others, but to us that's pretty big fish. I mean, th-
0: there may be podcasts that get 500 in a couple hours, but we're super proud. We're we're thankful for you guys listening to us. Um, the next highest downloaded episode was episode one, which we which has pretty, been up for nine months. Right, and
2: we're pretty <laughs> sure it had a lot to do with Spencer claiming that it was a cryptocurrency podcast, that or ripping off the
0: name of an actual oh, existing podcast. That's right, which is why
2: we we don't have that name anymore. For
0: those of you who've been with us since January, or for those that, that don't, we did change our name like eight weeks in because somebody from Austin. Sent us a cease and desist letter. They did. It was intense.
2: It, we, had a, we had our lawyer involved. We did.
0: To, to review it. We, we, we had clashing lawyers, and, and our lawyer said, stop just, it, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, just
2: change, just change the name. Just change your name. We'd also like to thank Texas Tech Football and Alan Bowman and Cliff Kingsbury, possibly Kevin Johns and David Gibbs for the, the bump. All the above. Yeah, well, for also, the spike in downloads, because I'm sure that helped a little bit, winning also, for the first time in 17 our, years. All of our guests. Keith. Michael, yes, Chad. Keith, Michael and Chad were really Michael beneficial. <laughs> Michael and Michael. I'm not, I'm not naming myself. I'm naming and Spencer. Naming Labar. I'm oh, sorry. And Spencer. So the other thing, definitely I definitely th- having the guests on was, was really great.
0: Oh, absolutely. Changed things up a lot. I was going to say the last thing I want to I want to thank everybody for Texas Tech, obviously for not shutting us down. That's also a big thing. Big. Yeah. Hopefully they'll uh, they'll allow they'll us let to us continue. They'll allow us to exist continue to exist in this space <laughs> when we can
2: only cross our fingers
0: yeah but so the media pass i have not tied to 23 personnel if they shut us down i still have access to post game press conferences well and that's what this A-o, is all about i'm going this weekend better believe it Man. win or lose breaking in i don't know when we're i still don't know when we're going to
2: do the instant reaction this weekend because my friends are coming in we haven't talked about this off air
0: yet so <laughs> we, here we, we go we have we have family that'll be in town too it's gonna be
2: yeah, it may be kind of a weird time crunch to try to
0: get that it in. It may be a phone call just in the few minutes we have, and we'll just put it up real quick.
2: It might be because we've we've already planned. Down and dirty. Right. We might be heading to uh, the beer house for Oktoberfest because that is also on Saturday.
0: But it's not October yet.
2: No, but it's pretty darn close. Yeah, I don't. Says whatever. the guy with pumpkins all over his house in HQ South here.
0: Yeah, so we are recording at twenty-three personnel HQ South. What up? For the first time in a long time, we uh, have the space back to us. We had we were, I guess the official term since we only had her for a couple months, we were fostering a dog. We were able to rehome her this past weekend. Oh yeah, so good. We have a, I saw I saw your post. That's good. We're able to to reclaim our space and have guests over again. Um, and then before you ask, yes, we are both air quotes, sick, dealing with some allergies. This Lubbock weather is crazy. I was actually at the, the corn maze last night dealing with all the dust and everything going on there. Um, Something's blowing in right now as we record. As we speak, there's, there's a, a cold, there's a front, cold or front blowing through. It'll be 50 degrees tomorrow morning with a high of like 55. Yeah, so my... I'm excited. My voice,
2: I hope... Is still with us by the time we're we're done recording because I, I don't know our
0: our voices will get deeper the yeah. later this goes <laughs> there will be sniffles I'm somehow so
2: deeper and quieter yeah. which which is a terrible terrible traditional hymn
0: <laughs> all right so Michael you said there was an intro topic that we had to talk about and it was deeper than I thought it was yeah you said it was a question that came from Alice your wife yeah so I, I don't know if she's like. Okay, with us talking about her name. I'm not sure either, but... Sorry. Her, her name is not Alla.
2: <laughs> it, it does I don't know. I it's haven't not, asked her. Maybe I should, you know, 37 episodes in, maybe I should ask her. Yeah. And make sure. But I, I would think it'd be, be fine. But anyway, before right before I, I left, she just asked me, okay, which of these two scenarios would you prefer? And they involve pie. So... Of course they do. Picture your favorite pie. And then... You're given the choice between one version of that pie that has just an exceptional perfect crust, whatever you deem perfect crust, with just an okay filling. Or you have another pie that has a mouth-watering filling, just one of the best fillings you've ever had, with just an okay crust. Which of those two
0: would you reach for? So since you, you brought this up, like I've changed my mind three times. Um, it's a dilemma for the ages because, so I was originally going to go with, give me the best feeling. I will deal with a, 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 just a junk crust. Right. But then I think about some of the, the pies I remember eating. It had everything to do with the crust. Yeah. So one, I'm not much of a pie fan. Like, I, if you consider cobbler pie, then yes, I'm a, I'm a pie person. I like cobbler, and I like holiday pies. Like oh man, pumpkin, pumpkin, pecan. I could pass on the pecan, pecan but oh, oh, that's
2: right. You're not a huge pecan guy. Pecans probably my favorite. Just go to pie.
0: But those pies, I'm like, man, that was a really good pie. It had everything to do with the crust. So give me an okay filling, with the best crust out there. I, I'm having to side on
2: side with you on that because. You can doctor the filling, a little bit, whipped cream, baby. Yeah, whipped cream, good old cool whip, cool whip. Cool whip. You can, uh, you can doctor that. You know, if you need to put a little extra nutmeg on the pumpkin pie, or some cinnamon, or something to to tide it over a little bit. But, but you that, can't change the crust. No, you're, you're Once stuck it's with set, crust. It's good. It's, it is what it is. It is true. But I know that there's some people, my wife included, she just could not care. Less about uh, graham cracker crust. Not a
0: fan. Wants nothing to do with it. I'm. I, it's really got one application, and it's cheesecake. Right. But there's a couple. That's, that's not a pie, though. It's there, a cake. There's Whoa. been
2: a couple other recipes. I think she's done. She's actually used pretzel crust instead. Where you just- there's no
1: distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes.
0: There really is no place like home.
1: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download
2: the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Just crunch up a
0: bunch of pretzels. I'm not a big fan of pretzels. Oh, I like pretzels. That well, works out good I like chocolate covered pretzels, and I like soft pretzels. I don't like the hard mini pretzels. Oh, man.
2: I like those way too much. Uncovered. I have a salt problem.
0: I do. So I, I like a savory. salt,
2: not a salt,
0: <laughs> a sodium chloride problem <laughs> in ACL in ACL. So yeah, I, I would agree with. I'm more of a savory, salty than sweet. But speaking of really quickly, I, we, we bounce around from food topic to food topic. That's what we do. I had some pulled pork. Queso nachos tonight. Oh, I was yeah. I was introduced. I to haven't this, even done that yet. I was introduced to this dish by one of my good friends from from school. Um, probably doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, his name is Garrett. He took me to Fuzzy's one night, and they have the oh. f- most phenomenal pulled pork and white cheese nachos I have ever tasted. That changed my life. Right. This was I was a, a junior in college at this point. Then uh, when I was an intern for Visit Lubbock, I was able to go to a couple of the baseball games in the suite. And that season, they the catering company was offering pulled pork nachos, had some more there. Delicious. Oh, my gosh. So this weekend at HQ North, the watch party, we had pulled pork barbecue. Correct. Smoked pulled pork. Yes. Barbecue sauce on the side. Very well done.
2: Yeah. Tom and Bingo's, if you... In case you didn't Which, notice, there's I, I Tom Tommy Bingo's barbecue sauce on the side. I
0: tried that with a sandwich and it was really good.
2: Yeah, it's I've, that was the first time I'd bought their sauce. I mean, I'd had it at their store, you know, but that was the first time I'd bought it. And I've I've eaten pulled pork sandwich last two days for lunch. <laughs> so good. Put, put some sauce on it and it's, it's been pretty great. You need to put some queso on it, man. I know because we still, okay, Spencer was on his way out and we practically accosted him. And would not let him leave.
0: They forced me to take barbecue home. Everybody, you need to know that this was against my will. What I was going to say
2: is, we forced him to leave queso with us. So that was his ticket out. Was (laughs) some some queso. He had to fill one of our empty dishes with queso, and so I have half of it left because we devoured some of it. I think last night or Sunday night. I don't remember. But I have not done nachos yet, which I have to. Why? I don't know. I, one of the things I like to do, I'm already envisioning how I'm going to do it is chips, pulled pork, uh shredded cheddar cheese, all of that melted on top of one another and then we have some some of that 505 brand green chili salsa that I'm going to put on top of mine.
0: No, I think that's I think that's no. going that's how no, I'm going to no. do it. You ruined it with the green salsa. Green chili. No, green chili and pork, they go together. Whatever. The way to do it is to take A bed of chips to do it my way. You warm up the the pulled pork just a little bit, shred it, um, break it down, spread it, crumble it over your chips. Get the queso like medium warm so it'll loosen up a little bit and then you drizzle over and then put that all in the microwave and warm it up for like 30 seconds. Oh, I would eat that. Well, no, it's good. It's good. Just lukewarm. But I mean, I'm not I'm not talking like piping hot. I'm just like just. Get the queso to to relax a little bit, <laughs> the consistency to relax, kind of spread. Oh. So this is I, – I had some Sunday afternoon for lunch, and I had some tonight for dinner. Yeah. We still have some left. I was like, I can do this one I'm more still got, time. I
2: did two pork butts because I was just so worried about not having enough food. And I did two giant blocks of, oh, of cheese yeah. for the queso. And you brought like, a gigantic deal of queso. We had so much leftovers. Uh, th- some of this pork we're going to have to freeze. You know, we ate poppers like all day
0: off and on all those day Sunday so too. Hey, props to your wife for the the bacon wrap technique to keep the cream cheese in it. No kidding. And without Gang toothpicks. Changer. Yeah. So and she
2: changed it halfway through. I was I was in charge of uh, getting all the seeds and everything out of the jalapenos cuz that is not she she's not a fan of that. But so she then would take those and fill it with cheese and and wrap the bacon. So she, about halfway through it she said, "Oh man, i just discovered a better technique. It's awesome. And so I, I couldn't even tell you how she did it because I, I wasn't paying attention. I was over there trying not to get too many seeds in my eye or up my nose. My nose was red and burning a little bit after that. Yeah. So for allergies, I think too.
0: those not following along, her technique included wrapping the bacon in, in such a way that the cream cheese would not squeeze out the end the, the opposite end you were you were not biting on. So if you're biting on like the left end, it wasn't squeezing out the right end. The bacon held it in. Yeah. Which means you may have had a, a little cream cheese less on your first bites. The last bite, big bite of cream cheese. It was so good.
2: Yeah, the only, there was a little bit that was still in the grill, kind of seeped
0: out. But that's just, hey, that's just how poppers work, man. So, there, I, think, I, think, I think that's your food update for this week. Yeah. Pulled pork nachos, <laughs> you haven't done it yet? Just a good old food update. Pie with the best crust you can yes. find. Um, smoked pulled pork in general, queso, all good things.
2: Yeah. You know, and speaking of food, just real quick, uh, I'm not doing as extensive of a menu when my friends come in, but they're coming in Friday. JT, Mark, and Adam are coming in. And I'm taking Friday off, and I'm going to have a brisket. Oh, wow. See, okay. Doing brisket for that with uh bratwursts.
0: Your your jalapeno cheddar sausage was Which good. was really
2: good. It was from it was from Costco. It was like a peef excuse me. <laughs> no, that's really that what it is. Peef. It was a beef pork mixture. <laughs> peef. Yeah, it's peef. It's peef, y'all. You know. You just go look it up sometime. Google it. I I Maybe don't maybe don't Google peef. I don't
0: know what you'll find. I never mind. I was I was a little wanting more jalapeno and or cheddar and those jalapeno cheddar sausages. Otherwise... I thought the same thing. The meat mix seasoning was great. I just wish there was more... It was a
2: good sausage, but I I was with you. There could have been more jalapeno and or cheddar.
0: One last thing on the food. I I know I keep saying that. So I, I tagged you in this today. I don't know if you saw it yet or had a chance... I follow the Red Raider Meats Facebook page. and I they, did see the tailgate pack. They release a weekly tailgate pack. This one's got Michael's favorite. It's got some pork chops in it. Yeah, bone in. Bone in pork chop. It's got some other things. We're not sponsors. We're not no. sponsored by them. We do not
2: sponsor Red Raider Meats.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't sponsor them. They don't sponsor us. We
2: Sponsored would, by the 23 Personnel Podcast. We would love to be sponsored
0: by Red Raider Meats. Oh, yeah. but um, I think they had chicken fajitas on there. And and some kind of other sausage, too. It, yeah, it's 25 really bucks. Uh, yeah, and, and not really a whole lot of money for what looks like a good amount of food, meat. Yeah. Um, I was in there the other day for... Oh, you got a cheeseburger there. I got a cheeseburger, fries, and they, they offered me a side of queso for my fries. I was like, that's not even a question. Yes. yes please. Um, burger was as phenomenal as you could imagine from a, a butcher. Uh, queso, I wrote this in the, in the Slack chat, adequately acceptable. Okay. I can live with that. It was okay. I can go with adequately
2: acceptable queso.
0: And we are 15 minutes into our sports podcast, and we haven't talked a thing about Texas Tech sports. We won't just yet. <laughs> I was about to say Cause we. Well, I, I guess a little bit. We're going to talk about our fantasy league and our update. Michael has evened the season record at two and two. Yep. Came back and beat me three thirty four to two fifty nine. So a pretty solid win. I agree. Um, my quarterback, Kyler Murray, played Army, got me half as many points as your Will Greer did against Kansas State. Yeah, uh,
2: you know, Mr. Greer has has been pretty exceptional for me all year, except for...
0: As long as he's not exceptional this weekend.
2: I know. I, I've i debated on that. <laughs> who, who does not? I have a dilemma, because this is the first time it's happened. Is, because you, the, the, the backup quarterback you have is Alan Bowman. I've got a lot of players, yeah, and I have a lot of... West Virginia players, as y'all probably know, if you've been listening. And I've got Hill, I mean Hill, I've got uh, Sills and Jennings and I thought I had, no, you picked up Sims, didn't you? No. Oh, maybe I should pick up Sims. Anyway, uh, I had uh, two receivers and uh, Billy, so Billy Goat Greer, so Billy I'm really torn on if I should play them this week or not. I think at the very least I should play Bowman just so that I'll feel a little bit a little bit better about myself. Because last week, I think I had, I had Justice, or not Justice, I had Darius
0: uh, Anderson, and he got you one point.
2: Yeah. Well, and I also had Justice Hill for Oklahoma State. And, I,
0: I, that's respect. He got 33 points. Right. My he, running backs combined for 25 points.
2: Right. And I was just trying to get into the... Okay, I had... You know Justice Hill, the running back, and then I had Oklahoma State's uh, kicker Amendola, the two m Amendola. So Amendola, yeah, those are kind of it's like all right, well, I'm I'm not too invested in that, but you know when you have two wide receivers and the quarterback of a team in a league that's built like this, you I'm rethinking my roster for this week just so I don't feel like a tool. <laughs> So
0: my roster, I've got a uh, Jamichael Hasty. He got me seven points. Um, I think I'm gonna move, move him out. Trey Sermon surprisingly didn't do too, too hot. I mean, uh, Oklahoma didn't do too well because of the ball control from Army. CD Lamb, forty nine points though. I, I think I think Hollywood Brown, your receiver, got injured because he put up a big fat goose egg. I know. Um, Isaiah sure Zuber for uh, on with Marquise Brown for Kansas State got me a solid fifty nine points because uh, he's a returner. David Sells for you got fifty nine. Yeah.
2: Antoine no, no, Wesley. No, no,
0: no. Sixty nine. Yeah, that's what that's what I meant. Sixty nine. Antoine Wesley did not perform as I was expecting. I think Oklahoma State did a good job of taking away the outside receivers in this game. Yeah. He got thirteen to your Cavante Turpin, who got ninety. Not bad. Yeah. Not a bad outing. And that's that's the biggest tip. Well that Wilger got one thirty and Kyler Murray got seventy six. Everything else was relatively close until you got to that number. So Michael beat me, what's that, 74, 75 points this week. Yeah, or? and I also had negative 10 because I had
2: Deef's, TCU's defense that just decided to quit Deef. playing after a little while against Texas this week. All right, so, so we're even.
0: We're even. Even Steven, man. This is going to be an interesting week, especially with this game. I, when I was talking to Jordan from, oh, um, spoiler alert, I did a, a trade-off interview with uh, one of the West Virginia podcast guys. This is uh, Jordan with... Country Roads Webcast. It's Great name. Solid name. Yep. Um, we talked about just how much the outlook, the buildup and hype of this game has changed from like week zero, where we're like West Virginia is kind of a big 12 dark horse contender to going into week five. Like West Virginia hasn't played anybody really. They've done really well against – their competition yeah texas tech laid an egg in the first quarter of game one then lost their starting quarterback since then has just been wow way to go hitting the mic um it's just the springs has been building from week you know week to week to week um so let's 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 talk about that. let's talk about football is football fun again oh or or it sure is getting or that Am way. I jumping way too ahead? Like, am I, I being too much of a knee jerk reaction there? Is 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 football fun? I don't
2: think so. I don't think you're being too knee jerk. Is what I was answering. I do think it's fun. Uh, like you said, Ole Miss first quarter aside,
0: it's been really fun. It has uh, the Houston game, especially for for the pessimistic Spencer over here. Well, and I, I'm having and I been so them. wished there was alliteration there. <laughs>
2: I have not been the, an optimistic person per se either. Uh, no, it's I think it's definitely fun, and I've I've talked about how much fun Houston was, how much fun it was to be at the Jones when they won, uh, how much fun it was to see a seventeen year streak get, you know, taken away from mm-hmm. these guys and in such dominating fashion. So I. I dare say, I think it's fun. It's the offense is fun to watch. They can put up some big numbers. They can. They're running crazy plays. Uh, yes, defense is, fun it's to watch. Fun. defense is fun to watch. Defense uh, is fun to watch. Special teams is not not fun to watch. It's still a little more anxiety inducing. Right. There was that miss field goal, which I don't want to linger on because okay, it was a miss field goal.
0: That's not where I have a problem with special teams. It's still like. All of my anxiety with special teams is at one hundred percent on Daquan Bowman.
2: Oh yeah. That's we need to find a, somebody else to
0: return a kick. That's
2: been a that's been a rough spot. A little rough patch. Um But I would say it's fun. Yeah.
0: For sure. This weekend gonna be fun. I don't yes. wanna I don't wanna jump ahead. There's something else we want to talk about before we get to our, our preview. Um I wanted which to point possibly out possibly could not be fun this
2: next topic, but you go ahead. There's one thing I wanted to point out too. Okay, it's not exactly like we thought it would be, but both of us had us going into this game three to one,
0: three and one. Yeah, because I, I think I was undefeated through non-conference play and then losing this past week We, we to both, Oklahoma State.
2: We both had us lose in Oklahoma State. So flip-flop, Ole Miss and OSU win-loss. And we were both pretty excited about coming into this game three, uh, three and one. I was selfishly excited because my friends were coming in and I knew it was going to be fun either way and i knew that west virginia had a chance to be undefeated and they are even though they they missed one game but i'm sure that was probably going to be a w anyway but uh it's it's kind of the scenario we wanted you know a one-loss tech team versus an undefeated west virginia team aside from kicking off at 11 that's not i you know anyone's favorite time but this is going to be fun again just that same that same word. And I think the time is not going to matter so much this, this year. I think, I think fans are excited and they've seen what this offense can do and the numbers they can put up. And I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty good atmosphere at the Jones this weekend.
0: I certainly would hope so. Um, the 11 o'clock kickoff time, notwithstanding, I think there, there isn't much else you could be hoping for. There's a team that's coming in. that's highly ranked. Um, You have a chance to knock them off. they they've they've got players that are on big time season award watch lists. Whether it's Heisman or Blitnikoff. you've got a chance with your defense, who has been getting better every single week, to really put a a hamper on those on those um, possible awards. Sorry, I just blanked for a second. I thought you. (laughs) I was was like, I was going to say Mountaineers, and that was not going to help you at all. I was looking right at Michael, like. Save me. Mountaineers, and I, w- I was not <laughs> going to be good. Um, yeah, so it, it's going to be good. I'm going to be uh, be there again for the game. Obviously, I'm going to be covering something there for work. Um, going to there, udel- there in the booth, up there in the press books, books. Going to use the the press pass to to attend the post game press conference. Win or lose, it'll be interesting. That's to That's so cool. Fill. That's so cool that you just. Just stroll in there like you know what you're doing and nobody bothers you. Well, see, now, now that I know it, like exactly where it is and how to get there, I will definitely. Because like last week... You kind of sat in the back. I sat in the back. I, ca- I followed somebody in. Okay. Well, smart. Hey, that's smart. Now you I... You got to know exactly <laughs> where you're going. I know where I'm going. I know Excuse how to get me, there. Excuse me, where's the press conference? I, I don't know. I was not asking I don't asking know how people. well that was going to go. I was not asking. I I, I walked with somebody. Um, okay, so I guess a little bit of not breaking news, but news as of Tuesday afternoon, not what you would want to see going into this game. TJ Vasher possibly out, doubtful to play this weekend. Um, per Don Williams of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, I guess the, then the the media availability this week, today uh, Kingsbury said that Vasher is still, his availability is still to be determined. Um, Was it in... A- he kinda of tweaked he's, his knee. So it was a knee sprain, local mistake game. I don't remember him going out.
2: I don't either. It, it may have been towards the end of the game. I don't remember it either.
0: But he had some some interesting options if Vasher isn't able to play or if he's not hundred percent. And I wanted to go through some of those with you, those these scenarios. And he listed four specifically. So one would be to to elevate the backups. Anybody behind Vasher, they just all take a step forward on the depth chart. So we're looking at guys like Dalton Rigdon, Caden Leggett, Myler Royals, these guys all get moved up. Um, They don't take on, like, I wouldn't say Dalton Rigdon takes on all of Vasher's playing time in his absence. I think that it would be more of a uh, committee there. I am less, I don't think this is as likely likely as some of the other options. Um, We saw in the Lamar game when Vasher sat out the first quarter, it was a lot of Dalton Rigdon and then. Uh, who did he rotate with on the outside? Was it Bowman? It might have been. I I
2: know that I feel like it was after Lamar possibly that Kingsbury said that he wanted to redshirt Royals for sure. So Royals, I don't think he has played yet. So he still – He may not have played at all, but I know that that was his plan was to
0: keep him. And he was someone that I I think we were all pretty impressed with throughout the spring. Throughout the spring. Absolutely. Um, the, another option would be to move an inside guy outside. And he pointed specifically to JDN High, who played outside last year, and Daquan Bowman. I think of those two moving outside, um, you like the experience that High has to play outside and just to kind of pick that back up. To do that, though, you pull him. As one of your he's most been so most productive inside especially receivers, especially against Oklahoma State, and move him away from that. Yeah, the other guy, Daquan Bowman, he he was an inside receiver last year. Got moved outside at some point to help with depth. So he's been he's been out there before. Um, I w- I don't know. I, I I think I would rather see Bowman given the opportunity to go outside. And, and and keep high where he is. Keep high where he's at, and then possibly build Bowman's confidence and and help have, have him touching the ball a little bit more. Maybe that'll help on special teams. I'm this is a lot of speculation, and conjecture, oh, yeah. whatever. Um, well,
2: and I, I don't want I don't say this with I, I don't say this with any sort of tone or anything, but catching a ball is a lot different than catching a punt, and I, I think that. Just because he may have had some trouble with fielding kicks lately, that doesn't necessarily mean it'll translate to catching a ball by by any means. Sure. So I I don't feel as worried about that uh, getting him there. I'm I'm more worried, like you said, about kind of losing high on that inside where he, especially against Oklahoma State, just tore him up pretty well. I, I'm going to have to look up the numbers just to see.
0: So the other option I think is kind of part of of that of moving high the the option of moving high outside um, is to elevate Keyshawn Carter and to start him on the inside instead of have him back up on High so he, High can move outside. That's a pretty good option. It is, and and the guys on the radio show this afternoon were talking about High not High uh, Carter. is going to have him, himself a game one of these days, and it's it's going to be unbelievable it's coming he's getting close um this may be his opportunity to do it so this this scenario would be to keep um the regular rotation guys in the field elevate Keyshawn Carter uh to the H inside receiver moving Zach Austin to Y which is where JD on high is and then move high outside to Vasher's position um the last option so sorry so I I like three that option three the most
2: elevate Carter
0: Yes, to starting at H, let Austin move to Y, and Z- and then High outside to Z. Now, that's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, and, and just to kind of
2: back up that play, last week against Oklahoma State, High had eight receptions. Uh, Tweezy had seven. <laughs> Tweezy. Zach Austin had seven, and Carter had three. So those are your top four receivers right there. Uh, I, I would feel comfortable... With all of them getting a little bit more, more time out there and, and balls thrown their way, so I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board with Elevate Carter. He's so fast, he's to to overuse an overused word. He's explosive. Yeah, uh, I mean, he can really break away when he when he catches a ball on a uh, while he's
0: while he's moving. The last option would be to move Keyshawn Carter or Seth Collins into Vacher's position. Um, the thing I don't like about that is I don't think either one of them has been practicing or trained into that position just yet. Uh, and it's a lot to ask somebody to take on a new position in just a couple of days. Doing that would then effectively kind of eliminate that one position on the field anyways because you're going to be not as comfortable throwing it that way if the receiver's not running the right routes, if you're having to direct him a little bit. Um If it was me, and I understand this is a lot of moving parts, I would start Keyshawn Carter, start Austin at Y in highest place and move high outside. That way you keep Austin, who's been a fairly good, productive inside receiver on the field. Right. Keyshawn Carter gets more opportunities to catch the ball. Um, I I still think if they go with two backs or two, um, like, a tight end and two backs, your H receiver... um, Carter's going to be the first guy off the field, but he would still have much more opportunity with this scenario going forward. Um, And I would like to see him just explode on somebody one day.
2: I I think we, I'm hoping we see it this, this soon. Uh, You know, you hate to see Vasher go out and be down, but we do have some really good talented guys that have surprised probably most
0: of us. And to, to be, to be fair, to be honest, whatever, it's not even determined like for sure, if Vasher will be out, it's maybe
2: right. It was a it was a scenario that they're going to have to evaluate. I'm sure it'll be a game time decision. Game time decision. Hashtag game time decision. Um,
0: not a game time decision. Alan Bowman starting quarterback.
2: Are you sure? Are <laughs> you are you? St- Even if so, you're
0: sticking, you're sticking with Bowman. I see. I see. Okay. Wow. And there was, there was, there was a tweet that came out from a daily Tory door. You're on an Island, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not daily tour. door. I, am a, I'm guessing he's a sports editor at the, at the student paper. I didn't do a whole lot of research into what his position is. He said, what is his quote? What Bowman is doing is not normal. Not in the slightest. I compared his current pace over an assumed 12 games to similar QBs that finished with over 3,000 yards in their freshman year. Dot, 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 and it's something. So let's break this down really quickly before we get into our West Virginia preview because we are moving right along. He's got it on this scatter plot of um, the x-axis is yards from 3,000 up. And then the Y-axis is completion percentage going from 50 up to 75. Names of quarterbacks on this list include Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Sam Bradford, Jared Goff, um, Johnny Menzel, Jameis Winston, Kaya from Miami. There's a Jones on there. I don't know where he's from. Um, it wouldn't be Landry Jones, would it? Maybe. Rosen, so Josh Rosen, um, and then Alan Bowman. So surprisingly, or I guess not surprisingly, when you, when you talk about like how well Alan Bowman's doing, he's in the far top right quadrant of this chart. Yeah, he's, Nowhere he's n- way by himself. He really is on an island. He's off by himself. Nowhere near the other quarterbacks. The closest guy would be Jameis Winston. And he played 14 games. He had, what's that, like just over 4,000 yards and right around 67% completion percentage. Yep. So he's the closest. Then you've got Manziel had a little bit higher completion percentage, but down near like 3,700 yards. Josh Rosen had 60% completion percentage at 3,700 yards. Jared Goff had about 3,500 yards. Um, And then Bradford, Roethlisberger, Kaya Jones, and Rivers were all in that 30 3000 to 3200 yards and then from Philip Rivers had the lowest completion percentage at like 54 then going to Sam Bradford just under 70. So all these guys are bunched up, right? Yep. And you got Bowman on an island. And He's, his his projection, how are, they, how are they looking? His projection has him um just under 4700 yards and not bad maintaining his completion percentage at 72%. Pretty
2: good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 4700 yards at 72% completion percentage, which he's he's got. He's he's ma- he's got he's completing his passes for 72% now. It's not like this is going up. The question then becomes, which Brian aptly pointed out to us, right? Will there be a regression to the mean? And what will Bowman's mean be? I definitely
2: think there will be. This is... Oh, shots fired. Well, no, I... Bowman's it's...
0: not good. <laughs> Straight from Michael's mouth. Start Duffy, man. Breaking Camp, news. Camp
2: Duffy, man. Uh,
0: no, I... Art I... Bryles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that Sorry. guy. That guy was the worst. Okay, so you think there will be a regression somewhere?
2: Yeah, yeah, but I'm,
0: I'm not talking drastic, uh... So, so maybe like like 4,500 yards and like 70% completion. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's it still
2: would, could be ridiculous. I'm thinking he'll end up closer to where Winston landed, which he was at 67% and just a hair over 4,000. I think he's probably going to throw, you know, more like 4,200, 4,300 and probably be a little closer to 70% than Winston was. But I do think he could still, and he should still, end up on the far right of this chart. He's just not going to be way up there like he is now. And it's, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out. It's almost not fair to expect him to be because he's, he's done so well. Uh, at some point he'll, he'll have a bad game. He's just going to have a bad game or he'll face a, a really great defense that has, has him flustered or anything, you know, something could happen. A lineman could, could go down. I mean, we've had a great, Great success with rotating linemen in when they have gone down, but you never know. Just or, or Vasher not being there this weekend. Who who knows? Something like that could throw him off. But he has played so well. I would just hate for for us to come back here and go. Oh, he didn't make the forty seven hundred yeah. yards. He only had. He was only seventy one percent and forty five hundred yards. So
0: what a. What a total fail for the year. What a bust. (laughs) Right. So if you take Bowman's current stats, it was at 1,557 yards, uh, and that's over four games. So including, like, he played a half against Lamar and then three quarters against Ole Miss. Project just those four games out for the last eight games on the schedule. It's projected at 4,671 yards, which is a lot. Your defense is. Going in past the first third of the court, first third of the season would be a little bit better. So yeah, the, <laughs> a little bit. The yards. Well, here's the thing: like, playing,
2: playing Texas is not the same as playing
0: that school from Beaumont. But he only played a half versus that school from Beaumont. Yeah, you're right. And if I he played he the whole three thing, he may have he may have two thousand yards right now instead of fifteen hundred.
2: Yeah, that's a good that's a good point.
0: And he he played three quarters against Ole Miss. I mean, thrown in, thrown could, into three quarters against Elms. Yeah, you could you could almost stretch those partial game performances to full games, considering the the situation and the um, the opponent. Um, Bowman special. I think it's the point we're getting at. I think so. On too. pace for a ridiculous season. Starts with this week. Let's talk about West Virginia. All right. So this is something that I talked about with uh, the guy Jordan from from. Um, Country Roads webcast, something that I don't think a lot of Tech fans would pick up on. They are leading the nation in points allowed per game in like the good way. Yeah. They allow 12 points a game.
2: I wanted wanted to touch on that because they only allow points in the second and third quarters so far. Aside from last week against Kansas State, they've held their opponents scoreless in the first and fourth quarters. And the Kansas State game, they allowed three in that quarter.
0: So Kansas State's awful. Yeah, apparently. So it's Youngstown State and Tennessee. I know. So so
2: there's that too, and it's kind of like going back to what we were saying with Oklahoma State having. Oh, they they're coming into this game with 16 sacks. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but but what about what about a uh, Boise State allowing six and a half or whatever in one game? Is that That might skew things a little. Um, And West Virginia's only played three Three games
0: instead of four. They had one game canceled against North Carolina State because of the the hurricane. Or they're just scared to play football. How dare you? To be determined.
2: I I don't want to be overly negative just because it's kind of fun. But I I don't think – because people could say the same thing about our defense until – we played Oklahoma State and that that might and, and that might have gotten people turning some heads a little well, bit. Well, you could
0: also kind of write it off. Okay, your pass defense was much better in that game because you played a quarterback that couldn't complete a pass, right? Yeah. Or you could say our pass defense is much better and we kept a quarterback from completing a pass. That that's that that stat of not allowing a passing yard in the fourth quarter still stands. Yeah. That not allowing a third down conversion in the second half still stands. Not allowing them to pass the fifty after halftime still stands. Not allowing a point after the first twenty minutes of the game still at, stands at home against the team that was no, on the road.
2: I mean, sorry, the the team was at home. Uh, Oklahoma State yeah. was at home, and they were the number nine, I think S and P ranked offense, sure in the country, not a mo. No, and right, <laughs> and they they still haven't scored a point since the second quarter.
0: We're still waiting that streak is still going
2: still still waiting
0: right now just just the clock is ticking. The other thing that that I was blown away with when I was looking at some of the West Virginia stats is just how incredibly balanced they are they They have run two hundred plays and I don't wanna I don't wanna copy too much from the the preview I'm gonna get to here in a little bit of those two hundred plays ninety nine passing one hundred and one rushing I didn't know it was that close it's forty nine point five to fifty point five um, and then, of course, their three top running backs all are within like four carries of each other. Their yeah. three re- leading receivers are within like four catches of. Th-
2: like I noticed that within with Seth's post, it was really impressive because the three guys. Let's see, you've got Brown with thirty-one attempts, McCoy with twenty-seven, 27. and Petaway with twenty-seven. That's and pretty
0: all, darn even. And they're all really close to total yards too. Yeah, they are. So they're just incredibly balanced. I, I their line. I talked to Jordan about spread like some gaps. What What happens when one thing doesn't work, can can it become unbalanced and still be effective? Uh, and that's something you'll have to listen to in a few minutes when we get to that preview. But um, before before we turn it over to Jordan from the – I blank on this name every time. I, I shouldn't. The Country, Country Roads Rhodes webcast. Let, let's talk about your projection, your prediction for the game this weekend, Michael. The line is floating between three and a half it's to between four. three and four, yeah. For West Virginia.
2: It opened at four – Moved to four and a
0: half, I think, and then it slid back down. The money's coming towards tech. So, if you look at that, West Virginia is favored slightly. If you look at the ESPN football power index, Texas Tech is kind of an overwhelming majority favorite here. I think it's like 68% to win this game.
2: They do. And I think that same index was kind of the inverse of that before the Oklahoma State game. So, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, and, and I wasn't. I, I wasn't, like it. <laughs> I wasn't able to find the. I like S&P, that it's in our favor. The S and P plus prediction. I did. I did see that Texas Tech moved up. They made a, a 17 spot jump in the rankings to 34th. Um, West Virginia is at 10. So it's it's, it's still a sizable difference but it's a smaller difference than it was when texas tech went on the road to oklahoma state speaking they of were ranking, like ninth and texas tech was like 51st
2: speaking of ranking we haven't even touched on the fact that your red raiders oh, yes. are ranked for the first time since what?
0: 2015 16 i don't know it, it, it was it wasn't last year but i think it was the year before
2: i can't even remember, I remember how or year. why
0: that happened it doesn't matter because we didn't we didn't hang on to it very long. It no, we did anything. It doesn't mean anything right now. It's twenty. No, it
2: still doesn't mean anything. We're just barely there. We've got
0: much opportunity. And Rankings prove do not
2: mean anything in general, except to I don't know. Make unless you turn the channel to a, a game that has numbers next to the teams. Yeah,
0: unless you're in the top ten and you're like or the top, top four, a couple of weeks away from the end of the season, vying yeah. for those top four spots. Um, but it is nice. Yeah, I, is nice I'm enjoying be, it. Be recognized for your efforts. Yeah. Um, they were talking, there was an interview they were talking with, I think it was Zach Austin. And he was talking about like the, the, how the team is reacting to, to the ranking. And my thought was, I, I was immediately distracted. I was like, well, it should be, it's nice to be recognized for the efforts, but that doesn't mean that we still have so much more to do. Right. Um, you've got a team coming in here. That's got history on their side, just like Oklahoma state did, but they've, they've beaten you the past few years, which we'll get into in one of our questions. I had me doing some research this afternoon. You haven't beaten West Virginia um, since 2013, also with a freshman quarterback. So ding ding ding, ding. you got some history repeats uh, itself. Some some, uh, some good mojo there. Um, but with that, I think I need to hear your prediction, and then we'll, we'll get into the the preview with uh, Jordan from the Country Roads Webcast.
2: Here's here's my prediction. Oh, here we go. Texas Tech wins. Whoa, that's my prediction.
0: I'm not even like against the spread. He's like, no, oh, yeah. straight up.
2: No, they're going to straight up win. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go against the spread or anything like that. I, I'm a little worried about Vasher, but the rest of the receivers played so well against Oklahoma State that we have a good shot there. Our our uh, pass defense seems like they're figuring out some stuff there. I, I mean, Sills is going to be a, a different category against most of the guys they face, so. I'm not sure how much they figured out, but I I feel much better about it than I did after the Houston game. And our defense is uh, having Johnson back there. um, I think helped a lot. It may have been just some mental stuff, knowing that he's there, having having him in a leadership role. I think it's going to be an 11 a.m. game. There's going to be a lot of people there, a lot more than we're used to seeing at those times. And it's going to get rowdy. It's going to – hopefully be a perfect day for it and the tech will come away with the win that's that's what i'm thinking and i'm i'm not i don't know or should i get into specifics on how much they'll win by or
0: sure let's do it let's hear
2: it i'm thinking it'll be but i think i'm thinking it'll be a touchdown i'm thinking they'll win by a touchdown or more
0: give me 10 you're you're going with 10 i'm taking texas tech with ten points. Oh man, I think I thought I was being optimistic. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm drinking the Kool Aid, guys.
2: Well, and I have to I want to throw this out there. I was so terribly pessimistic last week before the Oklahoma State game.
0: So maybe maybe we need to be pessimistic going into this game. If we, we it
2: probably worked. yeah, maybe we should. But it's hard. It's hard for me too. And yeah. I, I've I've already told all my friends that if if Tech wins this game Saturday, I'm probably going to be uh that guy that. Well, I don't really even see a loss on the rest <laughs> of the schedule. I'm, I'm going to turn into that guy really quickly, so I've got to be careful. I haven't turned into that guy. in We years. still have Oklahoma, Texas, and TCU schedule. Come I on. believe me, I know, but there's <laughs> there, there's always a there's a chance of that happening every year, and it probably hasn't happened since Cliff's first year when we went seven and zero. And I think when we won the seventh one, I immediately, well, shoot, we man, we might we might win ten games this year, you know, and and then all of a sudden it just all went back down the tube, but. I could become that guy. I've got to be careful. I've got to stay realistic. But, man, I, I do like our chances. This team looked phenomenal in all phases against Oklahoma State last week. Yep.
0: All right. With that, let's get to the preview with Jordan from the Country Roads webcast. And then we will return and talk some of your questions and cut cord cutters corner. I, I keep, I butcher that. And basically, oh, you're fine. I don't time. even know what it is what we learn, and then we will wrap it up for this week. Um, so let's get to the preview. All right, everybody, I am joined by Jordan with the Country Roads webcast. It's a podcast covering all things West Virginia Mountaineers. Um, he's joining us to do a the preview show this week as we look forward to hosting the Mountaineers uh, here in Lubbock this weekend. Jordan, how you doing, man?
1: Doing pretty good. How about yourself, man?
0: Man, I'm doing well. Um, this This game is like getting more and more intriguing the closer we get to it. You know, we start off the season looking at this one. Um, West Virginia was, was kind of like picked as a dark horse, big 12 contender. Um, certainly still, mm-hmm. still looks that way. And then, uh, week one, uh, Texas Tech loses to Ole Miss and you're just like, well, okay, we're not as probably not as good as we were thinking we we're going to be, which wasn't really all that good. Um, and then weeks two, three, and four for the Red Raiders have just been building a little bit, uh, and then this this game this weekend just it's just growing really. Um, kind of surprised the game was left at eleven a.m. What do you think about?
1: Yeah, I uh, I, I was uh, I was surprised to see that too. It's actually going to be the uh, first early kick for West Virginia this year as, as well. All the other games have been at least you know two thirty uh, Central Time or later. So I was surprised to see that, especially with it uh, ending up going to be, you know, a ranked matchup. And, uh, you know, I don't, I, you know, usually get the prime time games for those, but uh, I think that maybe they um, set the time before, you know, they were expecting the matchup to be as big and as anticipated as it has gotten.
0: Yeah. So that's definitely, um, that's our fault for bringing you guys down there on the schedule. <laughs> Um, so actually so there's a question that we received as, as we're getting ready to, to record our, our episode um, it was looking back on how Texas Tech has done uh, for 11 a.m. kickoffs um, mm-hmm. and for all of the games Texas Tech has played against West Virginia since Cliff Kingsbury has coached they've all been at 11 a.m. and Texas Tech I, has I, only, I, only I, won one of those so the <laughs> history's not on our yeah, I, side
1: kind I remember that and then you know, I know. I think that the one that they won was the. Uh, well, no, the, what Kingsbury wasn't there in 2012. That was still. Um,
0: that was still, I, I know.
1: I remember that one was the uh, the 11 a.m. kick because that's kind of the one that West Virginia fans have been harkening back to, especially uh, with the way that this one's setting up with West Virginia undefeated, highly ranked quarterback in the Heisman conversation, and everyone's kind of harkening back to that game and getting a little nervous of a, of hopefully not having that same type of turnout in this one.
0: Yeah, and then and then uh, the first game for for Cliff Kingsbury facing West Virginia was 11 a.m. Uh, there in Morgantown. That was the last time that Texas Tech has beaten West Virginia. Um, They're led by a true freshman quarterback that game. So, I mean, if 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 Texas Tech fans are superstitious, then they can kind of look towards that and be like, well, last time we we beat them was 11 a.m. with the true freshman. This this year it's 11 a.m. We've got a, a true freshman starting quarterback. Um. The West Virginia team is vastly different than than that 2013 team is, so let's let's talk a little bit about the offense there. Um, it's something that we we're mm-hmm. all kind, all pretty familiar with uh, with the system with Dana Holgerson. When I I started doing my research, I haven't been following West Virginia a, a ton this season yet, um, so I started looking into it, and everywhere I looked, I'm just kind of like just the word balance just shows up everywhere, right? Um, I'm looking at oh, yeah. y- y- the offense has run 200 plays, 99 of those mm-hmm. have been passing, 101 ha- have been rushing. Um, I mean that is as close as you can get to 50 50. Um, and then when I was looking at um, statistical leaders, you know, outside of the quarterback, you've got three running backs that are, have 31 carries, 27 th- carries, 27 carries. Then you've got three receivers, fifteen uh, receptions, nineteen receptions, fifteen receptions. So it's like you've got like a top three running backs, receivers, and it just like everywhere you look is balanced. So if Texas Tech is going to have success against the Mountaineers, um, you know I, I I think that they would the defense would have to disrupt some of that balance um, if. Say something isn't working for, for the Mountaineer offense. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's the run game or if Greer is, is having an off day or, or the receivers are, are struggling with some drops or whatever it is, um, or if the Dex deck defense kind of throws them off their game, is the offense set up in a way that they can kind of ditch that balance and still be successful?
1: Um, I think in the past years, I, I would have probably had to say no to that question. And, you know, that could have probably caused some problems for West Virginia. But I think that this year they have you know, proven to have more depth and, and be more versatile on offense in, in a lot of different positions. Um, If you look back last year at the West Virginia team, uh, as far as receiving-wise, it was pretty much Gary Jennings or David Seals or Bust. Um, Marcus Sims made some plays last year as well, but he was more of a deep threat than anything else. And then now I think if you look at the team this season, uh, surprisingly enough, Marcus Sims is actually the leading receiver even ahead of Seals and Jennings in yards per game-wise. And then, you know, like you said, they have the three different running backs they can use. They actually have a fourth, but he's been injured, and I don't know if he'll get to play in this game. And then also, West Virginia has surprisingly enough to incorporate the tight ends into their offense this year as well and have two tight ends they can throw the ball to. So the depth is definitely there in a way that it hasn't been in the past, as well as West Virginia can bring in a fourth receiver, and whether it be Alabama transfer T.J. Simmons, Dominique Maiden, or Tevin Bush, all three have made big plays in uh, three consecutive games in the first game t.j. Simmons had a 59 yard receiving touchdown in the second game Dominic Maiden had a 40 yarder and then last game T- Kevin Bush had a 52 yard touchdown <coughs> excuse me so I think that this year they really focused on spreading the wealth and having more depth at, at basically every position and, and if something's taken away that they have other people and more, are more more versatile and have other places they can go
0: to. Yeah, so the, those three receivers you were just talking about, um, outside of Sims, Sills, and Jennings, those next three guys are Simmons, Bush, and Maiden. Um, so you, you mentioned that there was some some running back depth. You had a, you had a running back that's been injured hasn't been playing too much, or or he, he may be available. Um, I, I know a lot of Texas Tech fans will be able to. Um, I guess, identify with that. I don't know how much you've been keeping up with it, but uh, the starting running back for the season, he played a little bit in the Ole Miss game, and then he hasn't played since. Uh, The second string guy hasn't played yet all season. So we've been running running backs three, four, and five, and they've been pretty good. Um, You know, three would be Demarcus Felton, four would be uh, Tejon Henry, five would be Sir Roderick Thompson. Um, Two of those, I mean, so obviously, uh, two of those three are, are leading the team in rushing. Um, and they're all true freshmen. So, but let's go talk, let's go back and talk about the West Virginia rushing attack. This is something that I think for most of us looking at a Dana Holgerson, uh, offense, he's always had some, some pretty pretty solid r- rushing numbers. Um, you know, he's had guys like Tavon Austin and, and just, just, it seems like a, a long line of running backs that have been really well with him. Um, So, like I said, the -hmm. balance there between three running backs, Letty Brown, Kennedy McCoy, Martel Petaway, they've all got between 27 and 31 carries and between 151 and 171 yards. Um, So while they're being really productive, I mean, they're averaging 5.5 to 6.5 yards per carry, that group has only produced two rushing touchdowns. So can you talk about why maybe they aren't finishing drives or or maybe not breaking off long runs to to score? Like, what's... What's been the difference this year in the West Virginia rushing attack?
1: Um, I think it's more of a case of uh, the way that the opposing teams are kind of playing West Virginia. Um, surprisingly enough, you know, a lot of West Virginia touchdowns have come from outside the red zone and, and kind of bigger plays. But surprisingly enough, when West Virginia has gotten into the red zone and into uh, goal line situations, um, teams have chosen to load the box and kind of leave David Seals one-on-one, which he's is. Proven to be West Virginia's biggest red zone weapon Um, in the past game against Kansas State. He actually caught three one yard touchdown uh, receptions. And then I think, so I think it's more of a case of how the defenses have played West Virginia. Uh, The one team that uh, chose to go on a light box on West Virginia and kind of protect against the pass was Youngstown State. And actually, all three of those rushing touchdowns came in that game against Youngstown State. So I think as the season goes along, you'll see teams maybe move a linebacker over in that red zone and go one to shade David seals. And that's when you'll see maybe these rushing touchdown numbers increase for these running backs.
0: Yeah. It, it definitely doesn't make sense to try to like man up any of your, your, your top three receivers. Um, so I, I guess that's where it's kind of surprising to me that, that they haven't been able to find some success running the ball when you've got the dynamic receivers, um, that you guys have. Um, but let's kind of shift over to the defense for a second. Um, for those Texas Tech fans unfamiliar with the West Virginia defense, it's always been disruptive, especially for very similar teams to West Virginia like Texas Tech. Um, you know, it, they've always seemed to have been fairly efficient and effective at, at um, slowing us down and giving us headaches. This year, maybe even more so, um, you guys are tied for first or you're, you're leading the the, the, the nation. Uh, in terms of FBS teams, in terms of points allowed per game, and that's just over twelve points, um, and that's a pretty big uh, discrepancy from a Texas tech, tech offense that's averaging fifty-two points. Um, so, what what do you think um, gives a little in, in this first game? Do, do you think the the West Virginia defense is, is able to, to kind of impose its will on, on the on the Texas tech, tech offense and, and really slow it down, or is this something that um, you know, you guys haven't really faced a really strong offense yet to test your defense. So how do you think that matchup is going to go this weekend?
1: You know, I don't really want to sell the uh, West Virginia defense short because they definitely are improved a lot from what they were uh, last season and have really turned some heads with their play this season and have been better than a lot of people expected. And a lot of that credit belongs to the defensive line and how well they performed. they brought in. A couple of draft, a grad transfers, one at nose tackle and Kenny Bigelow and one at defensive end and Jabril Robinson, and they've both really increased the play of that defense, but um I think that they'll have to give a little bit in this game to that Texas Tech offense, but I also think the Texas Tech offense will give a little bit to them. Um I believe Texas Tech's averaging over 600 yards and 50-some points a game. I don't think they'll quite get there, but I don't see West Virginia holding them to the Twelve points they held their other opponents to, or to the three hundred total yards at all. So I think it'll be a, a case of both, but I definitely don't think the West Virginia defense will be able to hold Texas Tech in the same way that they held the other teams that they've played.
0: So when you guys are looking at, at your strength on defense, would you say it's more like a more more towards you, your pass defense or the rush defense?
1: Um, I think that right now you'd have to say the rush defense. And I think it's primarily because of uh, the teams that West Virginia has faced so far this season have been primarily run teams that just kind of try and control the ball and control the clock and and possess the ball and keep West Virginia's offense off the field. And that's led to a lot of tackles for a loss. And, you know, that's why they haven't produced many points because West Virginia's been able to just shoot into the backfield and not worry about the pass too much. And, of course, that's going to change coming up with this Texas Tech game. And I think that that's going to be a good test for West Virginia because – their secondary hasn't really been tested yet th- this season because they have not really faced a passing team as of yet
0: so I guess going back to to you you referencing the teams you've played, do you think some of these um, the stats like uh, especially on defense may be a product of of your schedule or is this the, are these indications of some true progress from year to year?
1: I definitely think that it's uh, been some progress. And I think that they are uh, legitimately improved and are a lot better than they were last season. And I think that it's one of the faster defenses I've seen at West Virginia in many years as well. Uh, that being said, they have played some, what would some classified inept offenses maybe less far? Um, Kansas State that didn't look very hot. And then of course an SDS team in Youngstown State and then Tennessee's offense was not very good either. So. Um, they haven't really played any strong offenses yet, so it's kind of hard to say. And uh, I think you'll find a lot out about this West Virginia defense and what they're really are capable of come this game Saturday in it. Yeah, it's, it's
0: something that, that we've been kind of, I guess, going back and forth on is, is what do we have, you know, as Texas Tech fans? What, is, what does our Red Raider team look like? Um, we kind of – Took with a grain of salt the performance against Ole Miss. That like, well, okay, it's a, it's a first game. Um, you are away from home. Your starting quarterback went down in, in the second quarter. Beginning of the second quarter, you threw out a true freshman who wasn't getting first-team reps going into that week. Um, you just weren't sure what you had. And then week two, you had a, a really bad FCS team. Um, week three, I think you were able to – you, Texas Tech fans, were able to see a little bit more progress with Houston. And then, of course, this last weekend against Oklahoma State – Um, so everybody's been looking to, okay, I think after the Oklahoma state game or after the West Virginia game, I think we'll have a a really good idea of where we are. And of course you say that, and we're at that point we will be five games into the season. So if you don't know what you are five games in, I don't know if you will know. Um, so one of the things you mentioned a, a little while ago, you were talking about your receiving receivers, um, in depth, I think. One of the biggest things when we did our preseason previews, uh, especially when we we're we're, we did a lot of research with the Bill Connolly preview, um, a lot of that was based off of the depth of the team on West Virginia. And he was saying this team legit could be 3-9 and nine or 10-2. and You just have no idea how the depth of that team will, will react. And uh, there's another article that I read, uh, I think back from this past winter, it was talking about how much attrition West Virginia has, has had to deal with this offseason um how how do you think this team is is handling the depth and if there's a like a, a key injury or like you said one of the um uh, one of the, the facets of the offense kind of is taken away how is the rest of the team going to be able to step up or or, or can they
1: um i think in, in a lot of areas this team has good depth um they're very deep at running back, as I mentioned, they can go about four deep there. Um, pretty deep at wide receiver as well. I think that they could suffer losing a player there and not really see much of a much of a drop off there. And then you know they're also pretty deep at, at safety and they're and they're very deep on the defensive line, deeper than they've been in, in recent memory. They go about seven or eight deep on that defensive line, and they'll rotate guys in and out a lot. But then other areas um, such as linebacker, they really couldn't afford to lose anyone. They lost, uh, two players in the preseason to injury. And so they were already thin there. And then they lost the strong side starting linebacker in the season opener and are actually playing a converted safety in Javonnie Stewart at that linebacker position now. And he goes about five, eight, one, nine, five. So definitely not the typical size you'd see from a linebacker. And, um, I think if they suffer any more injuries at that linebacker position, it could be detrimental. And then of course at quarterback, when you got a guy like Will Greer, if you lose him, you are definitely going to see some drop off, as we've seen evidence last year by West Virginia when they lost him. But I do think they would be in a better position this year if something were to happen to him, knock on wood. But uh, they have a Miami transfer Jack Allison, who's a pretty capable backup. So I think in some spots they have a lot of depth, and then in others it would be detrimental for them to lose someone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess let's talk about the the predictions for this game um i guess depending on where you look whether it's like the betting lines which really isn't all that indicative of like west virginia will win by three and a half it's just i think where most people are starting to kind of settle out and then if you look at the um the espn fpi the football power index kind of shows a different story so currently i think the line is that uh west virginia minus three and a half or four it's in that that area um how do you see this game shaken out like do the do the Mountaineers win? Do they cover? Does Texas Tech cover, but but still lose? Or just tell me how you see this game playing out this weekend.
1: For me, this has been you know looking at it a, a tough one, a tough one to predict really. And I think it's one that if I was a betting man, I, I wouldn't put my money on really because um, you know, getting favored by three and a half. Um, I, I think it'll be a it, it may be a closer game than that even, but. I think it'll be less than a one score game probably in this one. And, uh, I think a lot of West Virginia fans are nervous about this game because as I mentioned, this, this, the feel of the game and, and the eerie similarities have, have everybody harkening back to that 2012 game when West Virginia was highly ranked, um, housing quarterback and then came in there to Lubbock and, and got smacked 49 to 14. And so, you know, it's, it's a tough one to predict, I think, cause that's sitting in the back of the mind. But, um uh, the one thing that I think West Virginia has going for them is that Alan Bowman is a true freshman, and he's never faced Tony Gibson's three three five scheme. Mm-hmm. And Tony Gibson's record against quarterbacks that have never seen that scheme before is something like 6-2 for the first time that they're going up against it. So I think that could end up being the difference for West Virginia, and I think they could win this game by maybe a touchdown in the end.
0: All right. Um, is there anything else that we need to know? There, there is there a player that we haven't touched on that Texas Tech fans... Um, if they want to know more than the person next to them at the game that they at least have their eye on. Is there is there anything else that, that we need to, to talk about before I let you go?
1: Um, I think that just really um, – I think this is – I just want to say that this is probably a really good barometer game for both teams to see just where they truly are. Um, like you mentioned, Texas Tech, a lot of people thought that uh, they were going to be much improved and their defense was going to be much improved – and after that old Miss game, I had some questions. But those have really been answered. And I think people are thinking this can be a good team as well. And I think people are really high on West Virginia after seeing the way the defense has performed through their first games as well. And I think that this game, you find out a lot about both teams. It's a really good barometer game to see where these two teams are at. And I'm excited to see it this Saturday and love it
0: too. Yes, sir. All right, well, thanks for joining us. We'll be sure to to get everybody directed over to your guys' podcast. Um let us know where we can follow some of your guys' work or, or if we want to listen to the the West Virginia side of this preview, where, where we can find that.
1: Absolutely. We're on SoundCloud. Um, you can search the country roads webcast. We're produced by trio Four Productions, So you could search under that as well. And then you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at WVU country roads, and you can find me on Twitter at cruise control WV.
0: <laughs> Very nice. All right. Thanks for joining us, Jordan. Um, look forward to, to doing the Texas Tech side of this preview with you here pretty soon and then uh good luck this weekend.
1: Absolutely. Good luck to y'all as well. And uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: We want to thank Jordan for joining us. Um be sure to check out his his social accounts that he shared with us and if you want to check out the the side of the interview that I do with him for the for their their podcast, be sure to catch that on Thursday. I think it's going to be going but now, let's get to your questions. We got uh, a lot of questions. listener questions. It's like the best segment. You guys are the best on this stuff. Well, you're, you're the best for helping us reach some unbelievable download numbers, but we got some great questions this week. Always bringing it. Also, some very topical questions because the uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to question number two. Because the Texas Tech Athletic Department announced they were going to be giving away tortilla towels to the yeah. certain number of first students at the game
2: embrace it this is gonna be why so, not
0: like if we, if you want air quotes allow tortillas to be brought into the stadium which tortillas make into the stadium every game make on the field every game um they're gonna to hand towels away and our friend kd7 at kenneth7 davis asks us and we just have to share with everybody what's the best way to fold a towel for aerodynamics I have a
2: couple of thoughts on this before we get into the aerodynamics part. If they didn't want them to throw them, they would charge a dollar for them. I think, I think people would – they would pay a dollar for a tortilla towel, and then there's probably a 50% chance that that dollar would keep them from throwing it. But now that they're just giving them out for free, it's, it's ammunition. It's not even – I don't I'm I'm not going to get one because I'm not a student, but I have a feeling that I may end up with one because there just might be one somewhere around me at some point. Be tossed.
0: I'm I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for one. I'm going I'm to try to pick one up while I'm at the game.
2: <laughs> me too. I, I want I want as many as I can carry on the way out. The okay. I had a couple of thoughts on this. All right, Kenneth. If you're going to fold it, if if you're looking for floating, if you're looking for like a floating. Towel, I th- I think you just fold it in quarters, and then just kind of grab a corner of it and toss it. I think that would work well if you're looking looking for a float. But if you're looking for distance, I would try to somehow tie it in a knot, kind of like a bandana, because okay. then you can really chunk it. Yeah, so I, I like I, it. It depends on your. I think it depends on what you're trying to accomplish.
0: Well, see, and and I'm glad you took it that direction because what I was thinking of was like spinning it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just a communal activity for everybody to be doing at the same time. So like you think of fans oh, waving like towel. the terrible towel They're and spinning all that. Them, right. So right. I, my thought was you, you got to roll that bad boy up as tight as you can get it. And then you got to have something on there, an elastic band. You can you grab your girlfriend's or your wife's hair band, put it on there. Just make sure you don't lose it. Oh now you're, you're bringing extracurricular items into this. Yeah, I'm bringing props into bringing this props. <laughs> if, if, if you don't have a girlfriend or wife that is attending the game with you, bring some from home, stop at the store, get some rubber bands, whatever it be. wrap those on the ends, make sure it's pretty tight maybe even um, sneak in a little bit of tape do it like so I don't know why I'm remembering this guy but he was he was a sideline hype guy for uh, for Tech tech in the leech years. didn't see the field a whole bunch Brent Nickerson always had like a full size towel and he had it rolled up, uh, lengthwise. So it was, it was two or three feet wide. Oh, the time He was done with it. Like long. I mean, and he had just like bands of black tape to hold it together and he was on the sideline just spinning it almost the entire game. He's a defensive back. Didn't play very much. That's but <laughs> that got the crowd hyped That that that's your play there. Okay, let's go to our, our one of our favorite question submitters, Brian Don Carlos, still rocking the Khalil tate mourner account. True or false? Whoever wins the turnover battle wins on Saturday. True, and here's why I say that. Okay. West Virginia has had the success they've had this year by forcing only two turnovers this year. They've got one interception, one fumble recovery. If they are in the plus on turnovers as well as doing what they do on offense and defense, you may be hosed. You need to be winning the turnover margin battle. You need to be creating extra possessions, all that kind of stuff.
2: That's a telling stat.
0: They've only gotten two this year.
2: And they've played this well. They've also played nobody. They ain't played nobody, Paul. Uh, I do. I'm leaning towards that. What game was it? It was the Houston game where there were no turnovers, turnovers right? Yes, or there might have been a fumble. I can't remember. Oh, man, I think I think that's true though because Houston, you know, we had them. Uh, we had them before. I don't know. In the third quarter, it was kind of the game was locked up, but. West Virginia, I don't think you – if you're up two scores on West Virginia, you can't blink. I don't know what they're going to
0: come up with. And if it's going to be as close as we think it is, like every possession is going to count. Same with like ball control games like Kansas State where you have very few possessions historically that if you could create an extra one by a turnover or something, you really had like the upper hand in a game like that. I think a game like this where their offense is as effective and explosive as it is it is – you need to be winning the turnover battle or at least be even. You can't be losing this one.
2: In, in case y'all didn't know, this this podcast you're listening to is not first take. So I'm going to agree with Spencer. <laughs> I, I I don't see any – I thought, well, maybe it would make more sense if I disagreed and came up with a good reason. I can't come up with a good one. I I think it will probably uh, be the correct call. And we should try to – hopefully we'll remember. We should try to look back on that and see if, if the turnover battle – uh, whoever whoever won the game won the turnover battle.
0: Writing a mental note for post game podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I'm scribing
0: it right now. All right. Question two. Favorite cookbook recipe source. And, and this is lame for me. I'm, I'm gonna punt this and say Google. <laughs> if if I'm looking for something, I'm just gonna search for something quickly and find whatever looks good. Michael, do, do you have do you have a favorite?
2: I I do. I. I'm kind of in the same scenario because most of the recipes I do are on the grill. Uh, Heyo. I'm not super <laughs> confident in the kitchen, and I need to get better about it. But I'm I'm just not. And my wife's awesome at cooking in the kitchen, so it's kind of like, well,
0: why would I why would I want to take any of that away? I what will were you say, say this: what my favorite recipe of all time is a chocolate chip cookie recipe, and it came from the Crisco can. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Like legit best chocolate chip cookie. And it's the one that we use every time that we make cookies. It's that recipe. It's on the Crisco can.
2: Mine's actually going to be, and this probably won't be too much of a surprise to y'all, but my favorite recipe source is Stephen Reichlin. And he's been on PBS for years. He's written the the barbecue Bible, project smoke, project fire, all these different books about grilling. I actually have, uh, from an estate sale. I have one of his, uh, books that was all about beer can chicken the whole books about beer can chicken <laughs> so i i go i rely on him a lot i watch his show uh i have taken notes before <laughs> watching his show uh, mainly on technique and just kind of some basic you know temps and about how long things should take and uh he has a like a five-part rub that he uses on a lot of things so i, I think that he's my go-to and i I've saved most of his videos and recipes when I see him pop up
0: on Facebook. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I don't have the barbecue equipment I wish I had. In terms of, I, I, I really want a smoker. We, we talked about this before, but there is a barbecue chef connoisseur of sorts on YouTube, and I, I follow him. Again, not sponsored. Wish I was sponsored by a barbecue competition. barbecuist, I'm going to call him Malcolm Reed. Uh, his channel is called How to Barbecue Right. Like it is legit, nothing but smoker and grill recipes. some of them are like just down and dirty. We're gonna do like a brisket right you you know how to do brisket to trim it all that kind of stuff. his rub he's got like he has a bottled rub that he sells um he also has an a p rub an all purpose rub super simple it's four part four parts salt to two parts black pepper to one part garlic powder oh. And yeah, it I goes can see that working on, on a lot of stuff. Everything. Yeah, steaks so good.
2: That's what Reichlin does. Almost every single thing is, uh, kosher salt and freshly ground black pepper. He sprinkles that on it first, and then then he'll because he can expand it some more from there. But a lot of times that's because those two things also, also provide
0: some some added texture.
2: Yeah, they do. Uh, so I want to throw out one more guy. You made me think of another guy, T. Roy Cooks, on YouTube. I don't know who that is. He's another guy that I've watched a lot of his videos. He's, I believe he's from, uh, I may have mentioned him on the podcast before. I can't tell you for sure where he's from. Sounds like Louisiana, but I think he lives in in Texas now. And he's he's one of my favorites too because he's uh, just kind of no bones about it. He's got a couple of smokers out in the back, and it's been fun to watch him over the years where he just was making some some videos that he probably just kind of enjoyed and then he gets sponsored here and there and someone sends him a grill and someone sends him meat and sends him their rub. And I wish. Yeah, I that's, wish that's I nice. That uh, I mean, I know it's a lot of work too. I don't want to pretend like it's not a lot of work to to do all that and get to that point. But T-Roy Cooks, that's another one I would check out if, if anyone wants to look into smoking in particular. He, he does do some grilling, but uh, mainly it's smoking.
0: All right. Red Raider Reset Man 84 at Red Raider Reset one. <laughs> A little bit of sarcasm and snark, and I love it. Wasn't this recruiting class that just came in with Carter, Bowman, Henry, etc. supposed to be the worst in the Big Twelve?
2: <laughs> He's so right.
0: It is. So on the project on the on the rankings, the recruiting rankings, Texas Tech came in with the number ten class in the Big Twelve.
2: Man, I I wish we could we need to go back to. I remember seeing comments about all that uh, on STP. I wonder if I wonder if any of those guys would be willing to take back a few of the things they said around that time. Nashville. I remember seeing a lot of them float around, like we, we've got a worse class in Kansas. We
0: did. Yeah, so, we did.
2: I mean, bottom of the you know ten out of ten.
0: Your your highest rated player out of that class is Eric Ezukanma, which you've seen him flash. On his one catch for, or no, he's had two catches. but He's had a couple, yeah. Um, he was your highest rated as four-star. You got Myler Royals, DeMarcus Marshall. He's a offensive lineman. Keyshawn Carter, Alan Bowman, Tejon Henry, Sterling Galbin, a receiver. Corey Fulcher's a receiver. Xavier Benson's a linebacker. Hakeem White's an offensive line. Weston Wright, offensive line. Caden Leggett, this is a receiver that we were talking about possibly filling in for Vasher earlier in the show. Right. Uh, offensive line Clayton Franks, uh, running back Sir Roderick Thompson, Jalen Hutchings, a defensive lineman, Patrick Curley, linebacker, John Scott, defensive end, Troy Bradshaw, offensive line, Adrian Cross, I think he was a like a real late Juco add on, um, kicker Trey Wolf, linebacker Jaquay Poe, Puff Poy, I don't know, sorry dude. And receiver Kevin Terry, so three of those guys didn't have a ranking. Adrian Cross was two stars, and then everybody else except for Azukanma had was a three star guy. Right. So, yeah, I mean this this statistic not statistically, but in terms of rankings, tenth in the Big Twelve, you are getting some top end production from uh, guys like Bowman, Carter, and Thompson, uh, and Henry. Yeah, uh, surprisingly, those two two of those running backs are. Um, I mean Henry Henry's leading the team in rushing right now. Sir Roderick Thompson uh is number three only behind uh, Demarcus Felton. Um so yeah, I they may end up being better than the tenth best <laughs> class in the Big yeah, Twelve they might at all least, said and
2: done. They might at least jump Kansas State.
0: Well even even if you just consider Alan Bowman, he may just outclass everybody else. Um I,
2: I do believe that
0: the the
2: stars do matter. They, It's an evaluating process. I We can't just completely dismiss the stars, you know, as a whole. They Maybe they just got them wrong. Uh, maybe it's maybe. just that simple. But, yeah, this is a pretty good-looking class compared to what we were projected to, to have. Nice. I, I like the – I'm like Spencer here. I like the snark. I like a little
0: sarcasm in the <laughs> old – the old questions. Tanner X at Tanner X. He's got two questions. Two-part question. No. There's two different questions. Which running back finishes the game with the most rushing yards? Give me DeMarcus Felton. Felton, it did so well. I was Because I don't I, – I heard Ward may be back. I don't think he's going to overtake everybody game one. It'll back. be
2: between Felton and Henry, right? It's got to be. I would think it – As well as Felton ran I – I. I think I'm going to lean towards Henry. I think he might bust through a couple just because he's so fast. He might get a few more yards, but I think they're going to be a great tandem. I look forward to watching them run. I look forward to watching Texas Tech running backs run.
0: Those are running backs three and four on your depth chart. That's insane.
2: One's a true freshman.
0: Yeah. Best pregame food for an 11 a.m. kick, hands down, has to be a breakfast burrito. Breakfast burrito. I I think – we should not like a countdown, like three, two, one, breakfast, breakfast burrito. burrito. <laughs> I, I think that you
2: could go with some sort of, as long as a tortilla is involved is yeah. what I'm thinking. Because yeah. I'm
0: envisioning a, a sausage wrap. Even. Yeah.
2: A sausage wrap would be great. That was exactly, uh, that was exactly where I was going because, uh, <laughs>
0: brisket wrap. My brisket son wrap would went good. to the fair today with his daycare class, had oh, a brisket man. wrap for lunch. He was raving about it. I was like, you wouldn't have picked that if it was your choice. <laughs> 10 times out of 10 opportunities.
2: Dad, have you ever had this thing called brisket?
0: Yeah. He's like, it was so good. I ate all of it. I was like, I'm jealous. Like, I'm jealous of my four year old. Is a it brisket your
2: brother brand. who cooks like killer brisket?
0: Yeah. He's got a, he's got a smoker. I can't remember the name of the, the brand. It's like, so he's probably had
2: killer brisket before, but, oh, but it wasn't from yeah. the fair. Mm-hmm. The fair has the
0: best brisket as we all know. <laughs> yeah. So it's got to have a tortilla, possibly some kind of smoked meat and, or just eggs and, a meat and plus cheese. Yeah. No potatoes though. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking that's pretty much your best bet between breakfast burrito and some sort of wrap as long as the tortilla is involved somewhere.
0: Yep. Adam and I think this is, this is your friend Adam. Yeah, that's my friend Adam. He's a, he's one of my friends coming in this weekend. At Ace Man. I I love that. Ace Man 0987. It's if solid. we win Saturday, will we want Bama? So apparently there was there was some 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 conversation that should have been had when we asked this question on Saturday after Oklahoma state. And
2: yeah, cause Adam asked us this on Saturday and, and, and everybody I, took it too seriously
0: before I could jump when, in and when, say, when I, when I asked the this question, is my guy, he's not,
2: he's, right. he's not for
0: real. <laughs> when I asked the question, I looked to my left, which is where Labar and Keith were sitting and they answered first. Yeah. And you were on my immediately, immediate right. So it we went like Labar, Patrick or Keith, Patrick, and then Chad, and then by then it was like, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. It,
2: by by then it was too late. I, I just had to
0: apologize at the end of it. But no, nah,
2: I he reminded me too, because I have the worst memory, where we you know, a lot of people say this, but we started saying it specifically after the TCU game, which was our first game as tech fans, where I believe we Is were that where he's seventy, thirty five? Right, but we were down. I, I forgot what it was. It was like 28 to or, or we were down something sure. to zero and the fans behind us and this was our first tech game experience as students and they were just dogging the team like oh we're the worst team we're not gonna <laughs> win a game oh, it's just terrible it's terrible and then of course we came back and put 70 points on the board and mm-hmm. and just beat the daylights out of them and that same group of fans i think they started the we want oh you chant and they were Gosh. just they were just going to town about it so uh, that was the, at least for us. I'm sure other people say we want Bama sarcastically, but that was our genesis. Was we, we heard those guys, and I think we started chanting with them just to <laughs> just to be jerks about it. But uh, no, I, we don't want Bama. We're we're not quite there yet, you know. So I, maybe, I, maybe in a couple weeks.
0: I don't know if you've seen this, but Alabama is projected to be double digit favorites every game the rest of their season.
2: That's sickening. Do
0: you,
2: like, th- do you think they could beat the Cardinals? <laughs> can we? Can, oh, oh, let's. Uh, w- have we the started? Browns? Have we started that yet? Have we started that discussion yet? Or, or maybe the Vikings because the Vikings lost to the Bills and the Bills are supposed to be bad. So maybe, maybe, maybe bam, we could beat the Vikings.
0: So I, <laughs> I, I, I know that. That conversation and that comparison is ridiculous. I, I know like, it you, just you can't me nuts. you can't legit take even even an Alabama and put them up against an NFL team. Oh, but I, you could though. I would like to see like an exhibition. I want to, I want to see them try. Yeah, I know. I, it
2: sounds like a fun. I, I think it's a better thought experiment than actual. I don't know. It's just so it's just so ridiculous because it's going to happen if it hasn't already, and I don't know who is it that's kind of. Dog in the league, Arizona, and then the Bills Of course the Bills came out of nowhere.
0: Hey, the Browns on have won Sunday. a game.
2: The Browns won a game.
0: First time in like two years.
2: Uh right. I think yeah, it was. It was twenty sixteen, I think, was the yeah. last time they won a game.
0: So they're one, one and one.
2: Fill in that stat sheet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gotta check okay, all the boxes. So <laughs> I, I, I would like to see uh bottom of the barrel NFL versus Obama. Cause i I think I think Alabama really is typically in, in these past few years in a class all to itself um i, I want to see it attempted i want to see him try it that
2: well you're probably right that uh did you watch any of the A&M game nope i got to catch a little bit of it and it seems to be it, it i guess this is just this is just how football works too when you have a really good team for the first half a quarter or so it seems to be Oh man, this might this might turn into a game. And then all of a sudden Bama's like, screw you guys, we're no we're gonna score forty unanswered. We're gonna we're gonna score fifty six unanswered against you, old miss. That's that's how we feel about this. Yeah. So I, I don't I, I think they're just I don't know what's gonna have have to have to happen for them to lose this year. Maybe if they had to play uh oh Maybe if they had to play the the Vikings on a good day, maybe they would lose. <laughs> I don't
0: know, man. All right. So there is, this question came this afternoon. I was like, man, it's gonna take some time to research. I started doing it and I was done in like three minutes. But it's a good question. You're very um, efficient. Red Raiders B twelve C and you have to remind me what that's from.
2: Uh the Big Twelve Conference. They're
0: Well, I, I know what that stands for, but like what they is, have
2: their own oh man I'll I'll look it up but they have they have their own page
0: is it like a barstool account I don't think so okay anyways they said they asked us what is tech's record during 11 a.m. games over the past few years minus FCS in Kansas I was like huh interesting so I went back 2018 you've obviously played one 11 a.m. game and you're 0 and 1 2017 you played 7 2016 you played 2 2015 you played 1 2014 you played 1 2013 you played 3 so last year, in the seven games you played, 11 a.m., you combined to play the same number of games as you did 2016 through 2013, not counting FCS and Kansas. Now, Kansas was a couple of those 11 a.m. games that I didn't count. But let's let's go back. 2017, you, you, you remember, was pretty awful, the record in general. You were 2-5 and five in those 11 a.m. kickoffs. Ouch. You beat Houston and Baylor and then you lost to West Virginia, Iowa State, Kansas State, TCU, and South Florida in the bowl game. 2016, you were 0-2 in 11 a.m. games, not an FCS or Kansas opponent, where you lost to West Virginia and Texas. You're about to start seeing a pattern emerge here. <laughs> 2015, you were 0-1 in late 11 a.m. kickoffs, and you lost to West Virginia. 2014, you were 0-1 in 11 a.m. kickoffs, and you lost to West Virginia 2013 you were 2-1 you beat Iowa State and you beat West Virginia you lost to Kansas State so I went back through all of Kingsbury's years I went back to 2013 of those five years now six games versus West Virginia with Kingsbury as your head coach you will have played West Virginia all six times at 11 a.m. and you are one in five or sorry one in four. It's not fair because it's an advantage to the Mountaineers. No, it's not.
2: Yeah, it's noon. It's noon for them. It's later. It's an hour later. It's an. It's been an advantage this whole time. It's so only, it's the only Dadgum team that plays on the Eastern Conference through the, on the Eastern Standard Time, and dang, they're, they 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 get to play at noon, and
0: we have to play at eleven. So <laughs> when 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 they travel to us, they're playing at noon. When we travel to them, they're playing at eleven, but we're playing at ten. No, they're still playing at noon. Oh, that's right. It, it's still yeah. an
2: eleven AM game. Central kick. Yeah, it's still it's still yeah. all on the same time. They get to play at noon every time. Dead gum, so, they get to sleep an extra hour. This, dadgum. this is dumb.
0: <laughs> I don't like it. So obviously if if you're concerned about history, um, which I think last week you kind of disproved that. A little bit at least. Yeah. You okay. haven't done too well against West Virginia and eleven AM kickoffs. They completely thrashed last week's big seventeen year over Um, because, like I said, you've lost the last four against them at 11 a.m. You won 2013. Here's a key thing, I think, from 2013. Yes, you had Jay Samaro, but you also had a Davis Webb. You had a true freshman quarterback on the road, and you won in 2013. It's time. Hey, remind me again what class uh, Alan Bowman's in.
2: He's... I believe, oh, uh, he's not a sophomore
0: yet. <laughs> he maybe he's a sophomore <laughs> by hours. I'm not sure. He I probably clept it. out of some classes. So he's also, if you're gonna draw any kind of comparisons, last time you beat West Virginia was with a true freshman quarterback. It was on the road. Granted, the 2013 West Virginia team is not the 2018 West Virginia team, but the Texas Tech is not the same team. No, um, it's not looking that way. So, something that, that Jordan brought up, um, which I'm gonna spring on Michael, he hasn't heard that part. Um he he brought a stat to the the interview where he said the record of first time quarterbacks facing Tony Gibson and his defense is like one in six. It's probably Davis Webb as like the single win. <laughs> yeah, it might so be. It has to be then. You would think if if there is a quarterback out there that on a first glance has been able to defeat a Tony Gibson defense. The quarterback coach that got him there would be able to do it again with a new true freshman quarterback. Yeah. I'm drawing a lot of lines to be pumping some sunshine, some sunshine, some sunshine. It would be the greatest Bowman as he's becoming known.
2: It was Labar who coined that, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. And we're, we're definitely, we're, we're, we're registered trade. We're running with it.
2: Labar. If you're listening to this, we will give you credit. We, we should probably give you a little bit more credit on Twitter. But that was all you on Saturday night. The greatest the greatest Bowman.
0: Okay. Love it. But your picture was so spot on. Uh, if you haven't seen that, that thread yet, uh, it was Kyle Lang. I think he re- replied to that. He said, I, I couldn't get past the greatest Bowman part of the tweet. Yeah. And then you tweeted back a picture. It was two pictures. It was of the Felton touchdown there at the end to, to put Texas Tech up on top. From the end zone, looking over Felton's shoulder, you saw Alan Bowman in the background with his hands raised up, not exactly straight up, more of a diagonal, like Michael's pantomiming now, which you I, you guys obviously can't see. Y'all are missing out. And then you paired it with a screenshot of Hugh Jackman from The Greatest Showman.
2: Yeah, with fire behind him and all fire sorts behind of him. stuff. That's, Making that's the perfect. exact
0: same pose.
2: Yeah, The Greatest Bowman. It's going to stick. All because of Labar. Okay. Hats,
0: hats off to the young man. So, R- Red Raiders B twelve C. The record is uh, a combined two and six, 11. ten, eleven. You're two and eleven in a m eleven a m games, not versus FCS or Kansas. Two and eleven. It's not very. Well, good. Let's get let's get three. Let's get that third one on there. Sorry, sorry. You're four and eleven. Okay, okay. I, I thought 11. it wasn't quite that bad. But you haven't beat the same team twice. Oh, you've beat Baylor, Houston, Iowa State, and West Virginia. Okay, well we should. This should be the that last, may change. This should be the last 11 a.m. game of the year. See, just and, that it, way that doesn't happen again. You would think that like of all the games this season to be moved off of 11 a.m. This is like your best one, your best opportunity. And I don't know what the rest of the TV schedule looks like. If like this is the only marquee game at 11, and they probably maybe why they kept it at 11. It might be. It's. I think it's up there now. You know, when they first said it, it, it we thought
2: it was because we knew there could potentially be a be a lot writing on it. But I don't think anybody else did. But now there's numbers beside us, and that makes both that teams. makes people t- tune into the television channel to see. Oh, it's on ESPN this week.
0: I was about to say something about coyote tractor commercials,
2: but I guess I will have <laughs> to save that for another Fox
0: broadcast. All right, Steven Stevens at SW Texas Medic asks, what's the over under? 100? It's currently set at 77, Steven. Do you know what the over under was for last week's game? No, I don't. 77. Really? Or 79. It was right in that range.
2: Oh, man, that was the
0: under. We definitely hit the under on that one. I would take the over on this one. 77. But I don't know though? about
2: 100. 49 42, that's 91. Do you think we're going to give up 42 points? It's possible because we gave up 49 to Houston, to one of the best receivers and one of the best quarterbacks in the country. It it could happen. I, I don't want to. I'm <laughs> I'm not trying to
0: be negative. I'm still saying we're going to win. Come on, man. What more do you want? <laughs> All right, let's get to the last question. We're we're, we're I don't want to keep you guys for too long. Cause yeah, I, I'm sure y'all are busy. I'm 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 download uh, greedy now. I want all the downloads. Just bring them all. Bring them all. At Guns Up Nation, our friends over there at um, that great site, not site, account, those uh, group of accounts.
2: Back to what you were, uh, Big 12 Country, that's who the Red Raiders, Big 12C is related to and, sorry, you guys, I hope y'all are listening y'all can correct me if I need to, but I think they're a a podcast, essentially, and then they have, the only- thing i could see is they have a presence on twitter under big 12 country and then they have a breakout uh twitter handle for each of the teams and then um all of their accounts linked to a podcast that they have called big 12 country so that was i don't know if that was worth going back for but
0: i did it i did some research earlier i i i wonder if it was that same podcast i listened to the preview of uh back in the preseason could have been Maybe, um, sorry. Back to guns. Back up, up nation. to guns up nation. Sorry. How sorry, many guys. starters are back from last year's West Virginia offense? I'm sorry, I did not do the the research. I did. I remember the the Connolly preview was a pretty bleak outlook in terms of depth and returning starters. Michael, what'd you find? Uh, I I went to our very own Seth Seth Jungman's
2: post. Yeah. The Jungman at, at the start of the uh, Jungman jump. Young, the Jungman jump, as Brian said, and I can't do it. Gosh, that. Would, my, my words were not very well played there. Okay, so uh, Seth said that for hang
0: on, what was the question? How many starters, How many starters are back from last back? year's West Virginia offense? Okay,
2: so starters back according to this post was uh, seven. There's so. seven offensive starters coming back. They lost a good three. Amount. Yeah, four. Oh, I guess so. It says three here.
0: I'm just saying. But that was written in the summer. Well, yeah. That the the third or fourth guy could have been a a, a backup from last year that's now Yeah. It could have happened elevated or whatever.
2: But yeah, according according to Seth's post from earlier this year,
0: seven guys are coming back. The second part of this question, it's actually a statement. And it's 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 to get everybody on the hype train. It's a solid statement. Are you ready? I'm ready. The matchup of the day, in my opinion, will be if Tech's defense can resume the beating it was laying on West Virginia for two and a half quarters last year. Hashtag
2: That's exactly what they were doing. They were They were up by seventeen, right?
0: I don't I don't know if it was if it was, was, was thirty five seventeen something like that? It was it was a good two or three scores, and then somebody decided to stop running the ball. Um, well and the defense kind of it fell apart. Fell apart. Yeah, yep. we're going on way too long. But oh, okay, Sorry. but uh, to, to to your point though, you brought this up. One of my favorite podcasts. Their weekly preview goes like an hour and a half. Now it's not for just one team like we do it. But uh, I'm 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 beginning to grow on being okay with allowing the episodes to go on for a little bit longer,
2: which is good because we continue to do it. Yeah, because
0: we're at uh, we're pushing like ninety minutes. So. Cord cutters corner, Michael, you teased us with saying that you got a, a juicy update. You didn't want to tell me what it was before we started so I can have a a uh, a visceral reaction live on the show. Take it away.
2: Okay, really quickly, we were up thirty-five to twenty-four against West Virginia and then the fourth quarter happened and they scored twenty two unanswered. So <laughs> and we lost forty six to thirty five. So I I wanted to go back and, and find that.
0: Thank you for that.
2: You're you're welcome. Okay, cord cutting corner. Uh, they came out last Tuesday
0: and finally buried my cable. Right. You, you had, you mentioned last time I was out there that um, they'd buried the cable. But it looked like crap. They just tore up the, the line basically just to bury it.
2: Yeah. And in doing so, despite me telling them that I have a sprinkler system, they wrecked the sprinkler system. Oh gosh. So I'm currently in the risk management department of AT&T. Some representative is supposed to come out to my house this week and determine what the next action item will be, whether I just hire somebody and they reimburse me or or whatever it's going to be to fix the sprinkler system because it's it's such a first world problem. But, you know, I I like having a decent yard and luckily (laughs) it's fall and it's kind of getting to the point where you're not going to water quite as much. So zone three is out of commission <laughs> at HQ North as far as sprinkler systems are concerned. So that's really my update. It's not, it's not a happy update, but what's, I would be livid. I, I, I am. And I was, and I would be on even talking about it. Now yeah. I'm a little tense, <laughs> but he's starting to shake. <laughs> <people>. <laughs> but I, I mean the when you call the people, it, It doesn't help. It doesn't help to be upset. (laughs) You know, I, I I'm probably a little short when I call people and I'm upset like that, but I know that this person I'm talking to is not the guy that took their equipment and dug up my sprinkler heads. You know, this, this is a person who's in a call center somewhere just trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. So I always keep that in mind, but Man, That's never helped tough. me
0: before. I, I've laid into some people that had nothing to do with my problem. I've I've done and that I, before. I've gotten a little better about it. But I felt better for like five seconds. Like that was a real douche thing. To yeah, do. <laughs> I know. And then you immediately feel like a tool
2: for it. And I've, yeah, I've kind of been on the receiving end of that too at work. So I, I know how that goes. Um, and then you just kind of let them work it out to the point where you just, I've almost patronizingly said, are you done? <laughs> and then they kind of they kind of come back to earth. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's my update. That's the best. Are you done? Yeah, you just sit there silently, and you sit there silently long enough till they say hello, and then you just go, yeah, yeah, I'm here.
0: <laughs> I, I just want to make sure, you as had if all that, that out. tongue
2: lashing they tried to give you
0: was just nothing, yeah, no big deal. But anyway,
2: that's my only update, and it's so I would say frustrating
0: I mean, as all get out. Not that this probably isn't something you haven't considered, I would probably go ahead and hire that out to somebody that you trust and be like, "Okay, at t here's your bill," because I would not want them to find some contractor that. Oh no, that's is what not, happened here. Yeah. These
2: guys just showed up at five thirty on a Tuesday, had no idea they were coming. My wife and I had plans. My mom was coming over to watch our baby, and so we we left, and they were still working when we left. And and then I asked mom, I, "Did they check in with you or anything when they left?" I'm like, no, they just took off. Well, I can see why because they,
0: they trashed your trash the sprinkler, sprinkler system. system and then ran away.
2: Jerks. So I I was livid that night because it just looked so awful. It doesn't look as bad now.
0: Well, and at, at least. Th- that's the good thing with Bermuda is it It'll, it it'll spreads, crawl back over, so it, yeah. It'll heal itself.
2: So it doesn't look as bad now because we've gotten some rain and I raked a bunch of that because uh, they watered the lawn quite a bit to soften the dirt, you know. So I raked a bunch of the mud and... Yada yada yada. It's uh, it's messed up, and I've got to deal with that. But I'm um, yeah, and I've already talked with our home builder, and I called him and asked who they use to install these sprinkler systems because I'm thinking that's who I would love to hire if they'll do repairs. And I don't even know if they will or not because who better to repair your sprinkler system than the people who installed it? So that's so, what
0: I'm going to try first. I I know it's not something that I would want to really like. I wouldn't be interested in going in to repair somebody else's mistake, but sprinkler repair is fairly simple besides having to dig it up. Like you cut out the broken pipe and you basically glue in a new piece of pipe. Right, and that's that's what I'm worried about because – the heads are relatively inexpensive. Like they're yeah, like $10, 15
2: a piece. I could handle replacing a head, but if I remember right, these guys did more of like a drip. not not a, Not drip irrigation, but more of like a tape. I don't know if it was an actual pipe or not. Oh, I have no idea then. And I I wouldn't know how to tackle that or how to find it. And sure. No, it's no, just higher than that. I turned I turned <laughs> the sprinkler system on and it there's no pressure because it's dug up so bad that it just just oozes water along the <laughs> sidewalk. You just see water just oh, so oozing fresh. out on the side. It was it was very frustrating when
0: I discovered that. All right, so what we learned this week is don't let some rando contractor show up to yeah. do some kind of yard work. I know, and then what could
2: I... I guess I could have just told them, no, I don't want y'all to do this because...
0: I, what was... I don't know. So the only... at and like, could have handled that so much better. You you didn't know they were coming, so you couldn't no. go out there and like mark your sprinkler system.
2: No, and it was six weeks after they installed it. So I've had a wire laying... In my house or around my house for six weeks, and then they then they didn't even remove that wire. They so just someone else it up on the side. No, no. That. Well, that was that was just extra wire. <laughs> I don't know what that was. And then on top of that, they had my garden hose hooked. They used my garden hoses. They went. They went and pilfered the garden hose from the my front yard and used it in the backyard. And they had that hose hooked up, and the hose was turned on full blast. But the. But, you know, the hose itself has a mm-hmm. shut off valve, but it's just one of those pocket hoses. And those, you know, those aren't made to take that kind of pressure for that long. Anyway, I had no idea. We got home at night and the water faucet is right next to, it's like just to the right uh, wall of me when I sleep. And so out of nowhere at three in the morning, we just start hearing this really weird noise like this... <laughs> <laughs> and, and i was looking around and we both woke up and we didn't know and that's, what it was that's probably like the, is the, it the
0: baby the 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 valve at the very end of your hose is failing it was just all so the water was going through the,
2: yeah so water <laughs> that's probably exactly what it was and it finally dawned on me because i remember hearing it come on before when allison's been outside with uh our baby and just you know using the water hose and so i ran outside and you know boxers at three o'clock in the morning and (laughs) turned off the host. I mean, they just, they just, I I didn't even get into all that with AT&T people, but it was, I was not
0: impressed with the, these two guys who came out the worst, the worst. worst. All right, everybody. So we are looking forward to hosting the West Virginia Mountaineers this weekend, 11 a.m. Kickoff. Michael and I will be at the game separately. Um, going to somehow coordinate the post game instant reaction maybe have some michael's friends on maybe not we'll see how that all works out could be a couple more voices again maybe not maybe not the the staking the the staking the Blaine's group like we had last week with another full house i don't know we'll see um I'll, I'll have some family in town too so it may come out at a weird hour it may come out either much sooner or much later than than it usually would but michael is there anything else that we need to touch on before we head out of here Really quickly, the seats I'm sitting in are my friend Mark's. They're not as good as mine.
2: They're they're (laughs) probably not, but they are on like row eight
0: or seven of the the bottom section of the top of the bottom. That's not a very good angle, though. You're so low. No,
2: it's pretty good. Well, especially with the screen. But anyway, uh, there's a guy I mentioned at the game party last week. Last time we were in those seats, he had a gorgeous Kentucky waterfall mullet. Oh yes. And I took a picture of it. And so I'm, I'm
0: hoping I get to see that again and I will share it with the world. I I, I wanted to bring this up when we we're talking about that on Saturday. So my brother-in-law um, that has season tickets on the West side sits across the aisle from rooster McConaughey. No way. Yes. So whatever, whatever that like investing was show that, that he has. Yeah, I forgot what that on CNBC or something? It's like he and his brother or he and his cousin, whatever. They sit right across the aisle from my brother-in-law. Oh, that's great. I love that. Yep. <laughs> so for Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for hanging out with us again on the 23 Personal Podcast.